time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Now, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to podcast. My guest today, Fox Sports Radio stalwart who bleeds Badger Red, Dan Beyer. He'll join me and my producer, Gary Smith, for NFL Playoff Predictions Week 3, plus a new segment, What the Hell's With This Rule? But first, time for the Waterhouse Update, sponsored by Rocket City, the jet blue of space travel. NFL! We know Aaron Rodgers gets his medical advice from Joe Rogan. Unfortunately, he got his offensive game plan from renowned immunologist Dr. Leonard Feldman. Packers lose. Matthew Stafford leads the Rams to a last-second field goal win over vampire Tom Brady. Said Stafford, I am not going back to Detroit. Get it? Where have I seen that Tennessee Titans offense before? Oh, yeah. Newsreel footage of the Decatur Staley's Bengals win. And the Chiefs and Bills played a classic decided by an overtime coin toss that's like Van Halen closing a three-hour show with a bass solo. That update sponsored by the Dollar Confederate Statue Store. College hoops! Auburn number one for the first time since someone said, you know where it'd be a nice place to put a college? Auburn. College football transfer portal so clogged they're building a heliport. That item sponsored by Solution Solution. When the chemical solutions in your house are just too much. Try Solution Solution. Winter Olympics, another red flag. The Chinese are housing the entire South Korean delegation in an Apple iPhone factory. NBA, the Lakers are so old they want to move the Staples Center to a gated community. And finally, this week in sports history, the date 1900, the place Newcastle, England. The world's first badminton club is formed in this gritty factory town. The club disbands after one match, during which all players contracted coal miners' lung. This Waterhouse Update sponsored by Stripper Pole, the fishing rod that'll make them dance right into the boat. Finally, my guest today, a rock-steady voice in the shifting quicksand that is modern sports radio from Fox Sports, Dan Beyer. Dan, how are you today? Are you starting? Are you uh, questionable? Or are you on injured reserve? Chet, I am the ever-popular Doubtful. As I have been for the uh, for the last five years or so, spans the length of my marriage. Uh, there you go. So there, there, that works. Doubles <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, it's kind of like that scene in uh, in the Matrix where the guy's dodging bullets in slow mo. That's uh, that's every married guy I know every day. Uh, I've been doubtful for the last 10 years and going to parties as well. You know, you want to come doubtful, but uh, thanks for the invite. All right. Let's uh, let's talk NFL playoffs sponsored by River Glance, the Irish dance sensation where only their eyes move. All right. Let's do uh, what the hell's with this rule. Brand new segment here that I just came up with because there were rules all over the uh, uh, flags. It was a mess over the weekend and rules that a lot of people were like, what? Uh, so let's start. Uh, rule number one, this unsportsmanlike conduct thing on Eric Weddle of the Rams, where he just blasted a dude 
from uh, Tampa Bay, uh, like he'd been eyeballing his wife while Weddle was in the bathroom. Uh, but it was it was it was a personal foul. But uh, the Rams maintained possession because uh, the ball touched the ground. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's good to know that Weddle has been retired the last couple of years. Still knows how to take a cheap shot to a wide receiver. So that was that was good for Weddle. But it's it's all he about stayed the in shape by whacking the bag boy at Rouse. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy because it is a fourth down play, and it's all a matter of a millisecond when the referee actually decides that the play is over. And on a fourth down, once the play is over, the change of possession immediately happened. So for some reason, the referee felt that the play was over, whether it went when the ball went over Mike Evans' head, when the ball dropped out of bounds. But at some point between then and when then when Weddle popped him in the chin, that it was the change of possession. It's We've seen this before in the NFL in a lot of different cases, but it's usually not on late hits like that. The Rams yeah. made themselves a mess on Sunday, but that was actually one of the times where they got a break for themselves in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I think the refs decided uh, that the play was over uh, right after Weddle said, I am going to crush this guy in midair. <laughs> you can read lips. That's good. Yeah, I get Sponsored by Buffet, Canada's premier all-you-can-eat restaurant. Rule number two, that flummoxed me. Taunting uh, did not get called on Tyreek Hill for flashing the peace sign as he blew by <laughs> Buffalo defenders. Why wasn't he flagged? Uh, that seems weird. Yeah. yeah, it's funny as well because this is kind of known as the Tyreek Hill rule. You would think that if the rule was based after what Tyreek Hill did last season in a game against the Buccaneers, and it all became a thing. If you if you remember back to Super Bowl 55, where most people forgot, but Antoine Winfield of the Buccaneers gave Tyreek Hill his own peace sign in the Super Bowl after the Bucs were demolishing the Chiefs. Uh, but that was all dating back to a regular season meeting uh, the previous uh, season when Tyreek Hill had like 200 yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter against the Buccaneers and did his own peace sign. So the NFL is like, we got we to gotta stop taunting. And then the taunting rule in the regular season and even the preseason was absurd. But what was even more absurd is that Tyreek Hill was not called for a penalty with the Tyreek Hill rule. Because basically that's where it kind of started. The NFL didn't love the yeah. side, then it loved the backflips into the end zone. Then it liked the standing over of the players. But when push comes to shove, even Tyreek Hill can get out of the Tyreek Hill rule. Amazing. Wow, that, that's amazing. I hear it had something to do with the end zone, like the rule was set up. So yeah, the celebration uh, was flaggable if it was after the play again, another after the play thing, and in the end zone. So Hill had the presence of mind uh, and the uh, physics ability to judge his speed versus the angle of the oncoming defenders, knew he had them beat from a physics standpoint, and flashed it before he even got – he was at the 12-yard line and hit him with the peace sign. Chet, let's be honest. It takes it takes balls to do that when the guy's actually ahead of you yeah. and you give him the deuces sign. You know, peace out, I'm out of here with a five yard head start. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sponsored by Sweet Co's Penicillin <laughs> Nut Bar. Go. Munch the pain away with Sweet Co. All right, and rule number three: uh, overtime. Period. Flat out the whole thing. This rule uh, right now, it's getting deep fried faster than a than a turkey in a Florida mobile home park. Uh, uh, what's going on? Are they going to change this? It's kind of 
stupid, and the stupidity really flashed itself in this game. It has come up several other times, including uh, with the Chiefs on the losing end. Uh, but but yeah. but so what are they going to do? They're, they're trying. Everybody who loses one of these games offers up a solution to the league, and the league just kind of looks the other way. And it was the Chiefs, as you said, that brought up this point to the NFL three years ago when they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City, where New England ended up going to Super Bowl 53. But it was the Chiefs after that game brought up some alternative measures to deal with overtime because New England won the toss at that time and went down and scored. This is nothing new to big games. We've saw it in the AFC Championship game, as we talked about three years ago. We saw it at Super Bowl 51 with the Patriots and Falcons. We saw it with the Packers and Seahawks, um, you know, about six, seven years ago in the NFC Championship game. We saw it there as well. So this is nothing new to the big game. But what, what I think was different here was that both of the offenses were just playing pinball late in the game where it was just up and down the field and it just felt like whoever was going to get the football was going to be able to score in one fashion or another and when you take a coin toss I I I looked at it like this way imagine you're playing family feud and instead of doing the face-off for the top answer on the board you just flip the coin because that's what it is in the NFL no (laughs) one no one says you know what I want to play some defense everybody takes the ball and just like Family Feud, everybody's like, you, you could have a category of the top eight places to make Whoopi in Armenia, and somebody is going to play that category. They are not right. going to pass it to the other team because it's just an advantageous matter of having possession. So when yeah. you're flipping the coin and you're seeing these offenses go back and forth, yeah, you're obviously going to take the ball. And, of course, the Chiefs and the Bills were just so great offensively late in that game. It kind of seemed like a moot point that the the game was decided by heads or tails. And, you know, I have called leg wrestling in Armenia, so I know all eight of the best places to make whoopee in that country. Oh, good. Good. Yerevan, number one, probably. That's probably (laughs) That's it. Sponsored by Exasperilla, the soda that tests your patience. All right, let's get into the football time for the picks. Gary, my producer here, clarify, uh, help me out. Two weeks ago, celebrity guest Steve Gorman, the, the drummer for the Black Crows, uh, yes. went 6-0, and uh, as did both of us. But okay. then last week, uh, Kostaki Economopoulos, great comic with a tremendous sports material, uh, went, I think, 2-2, two and two, while you and I, Gary, may have gone three, uh, one and 1-3, or did you go 2-2 two and two as well? No, I believe I also went 1-3. and three. I think Kostaki got us both there. We, uh, we did not have our finest weekend there, Chet. So despite me joking about it, we did indeed have the wheels fall off, uh, both of us here. <laughs> uh, so uh, you're now in the lead, uh, uh, Dan Beyer, and uh, I imagine the pressure is all on your shoulders and you're feeling a zero pressure. That's my case. <laughs> Let's dive into these games. AFC Championship, number four, Cincinnati Bengals at the number two, Kansas City Chiefs. The line, Kansas City by seven, the over-under 54 and a half. Weather 45 and sunny with an occasional whiff of grilled barbecue. What do you make of this uh, fantastic matchup that we got going here? Two crazy quarterbacks again. Yeah, the great thing about this is we actually have a a little uh, information to look back on because they played so late in the regular season. Ended up playing in week 17 in a game where the Chiefs led by halftime. But then Lenny scored three points in the second half, and Cincinnati ended up going on to, to win that game. Ended up costing the Chiefs uh, home field advantage, basically, in the, uh, in the playoffs. But where they are right now, I think that they are fine with it. I also think that it helps Kansas City in being the losing team 
to lose to a squad uh, pretty recently to be able to figure out the things that you did wrong to turn those things around. I, I, I don't know if this is going to be a coming out party for Joe Burrow because I feel, feel that Burrow's kind of made his own uh, bed and coming out over the last three or four games of the regular season. He's actually been okay in the playoffs. Hasn't been as good as he was late in the season. I right. think that's going to continue. I still think that Kansas City should be able to get after Burrow because Cincinnati does have problems on the offensive line. And honestly, as we saw on, on Sunday with the game against the Bills, you have to score touchdowns against Kansas City. And Cincinnati's been settling for a lot of field goals. I like right. Kansas City. I don't. I think seven's a pretty big number. So I'll take the – I think Kansas City wins, but I think Cincinnati has a chance to cover. Yeah, I may take the over-under, though, just because 54 seems minuscule with these two teams. I mean, Kansas City has probably the better D, but at the same time, uh, we saw what <laughs> happened last week. 36 yeah. points in a losing effort. Uh, you know, so I think points are going to be flying off the board in this one. And the weather does not look right now like it's going to be a factor. So I, I might just uh, scurry behind the safety of the over on this game. Hey, over is always better to cheer for because then you're cheering for both teams instead of against both teams. Hey, oh, I, look at it. I never thought of it that way. Spoken <laughs> like a good kid from Wisconsin. Nice, polite <laughs> kid. Uh, Gary, what are you picking? I have a very hard time picking against uh, KC. You know, they just they seem yeah. to they seem to come out with it. Um, but I will admit that the Bills looked amazing. I, I too, am going to go KC and the over because I think that this will be a, a offensively dynamic game. There you have it. Sponsored by Gascade. Let your wind out in gentle, hard-to-pinpoint waves with Gascade. Something you can pick up uh, uh, for Valentine's Day, Dad. Uh, uh, NFC Championship, uh, the number six San Francisco 49ers at the uh, number two Los Angeles Rams. The Rams uh, are uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under, 46 Weather sunny, but 69 degrees. So brutal conditions here in LA. <laughs> uh, as any good sports uh, talk show host would do, I'm going to completely contradict what I just said two minutes ago. Because I just said, <laughs> I love that Kansas City lost to Cincinnati and now has a chance to beat them again, where the <laughs> Niners went to LA and beat the Rams. And now I'm like, I don't think the Rams can stop San Francisco. I do think that wow. there's something in the Rams' head about the 49ers, and maybe what's yeah. most concerning was how the Rams made the mistakes that they made against Tampa in that game to allow, like, like Tom Brady could have done everything in all of his powers, and I still don't think that they would have been able to come back if it wasn't without all of the help that the Rams gave them. Plus, the 49ers just play a style of, of football that's not fun. It's not fun to play against. Uh, yeah. trying to stop the run of Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel. I like the Niners in this one uh, straight up to go to the Super Bowl. I like the Niners myself. I think they're uh, they're in the Rams' head, like you said, like uh, like uh, Boris Spassky was in Gary Kasparov's head. Can't get it out. Such an important thing when you're trying to castle. Uh, so I, th I think it's eaten away at the Rams, but I will say this, and I made a joke about it earlier, but I think it's true. Matthew Stafford may not let the Rams lose. He's been at this 13 years of crappy uh, life in Detroit, losing life in Detroit. 
we saw it in a situation where every single one of us thought to ourselves, well, here's Tom Brady again. We don't want to see him, but he's clearly got the magic. And he fought that off. He may find a way to pull this out. I just talked myself out of the 49ers. I'm going Rams. <laughs> the thing about Stafford, what was so amazing was everybody wants to harp on him and get on his case. He was one of three Rams who didn't have anything to do with the errors that they made in Tampa. Right. It was like him, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller were like the only ones who were free <laughs> of anything. But it, it was Jalen Ramsey. It was Cooper Cup even fumbled. Yeah. The center. I mean, their kicker, Matt Gay, was short on a 47-yard field goal. So like, Ridiculous. it was just Stafford. Yeah, it was absurd. So, yeah, Stafford played magnificent in that game. So I could see why you would ride with them. I yeah, guess Stafford the, doesn't play defense. The only reason Stafford knew that ball went by him was he felt the wind. That's how early that snap was. <laughs> Gary, oh. what do you think? I'm going Rams. Uh, Dan's going 49ers. How about you? Look, I'll, I'll be honest. It's possible that it's just the saltiness of uh, my Chargers losing, but I, I can't, I cannot, in good conscience, root for the Rams. We can't go forty years of the NFL with no team <laughs> winning the Super Bowl in their home stadium and then do it back to back. No, thank you. And and let's be honest, everyone forgets about this. But Jimmy G, the first thing he did after he got out of New England and got out of Tom Brady's shadow is he went and publicly started dating a porn star. If that's not just chutzpah, I don't know what is. I, I gotta root for that guy. So you're going old school. You figure he's just going to be pumped up with penicillin. He'll be flying high. Jimmy G, the Italian stallion. So there you have it. We finally got the split. We got two guys going for San Francisco. I'm going for the Rams. Uh, riding Matt Stafford's uh, uh, I'm Never Going Back to Detroit Shoulders, sponsored by Acetaminophen. Blow the aspirin right into your face with Acetaminophen. All right, Dan Beyer, finally, your Super Bowl pick. It looks like you're going uh, 49ers, Kansas City. Out of those two teams, uh, who do you think's uh, uh, making it? Yeah, if and if it does come down to that, I actually think San Francisco gets a bit of revenge. We forget in Super Bowl 54 that they were up uh, with seven minutes to go, double digits on Kansas City, only to have the Chiefs make a crazy comeback and Jimmy G unable to make those throws. I think their running game is better this time around, and I think that they would have something to prove. I can't believe I'm actually betting on Kyle Shanahan to come up big in a big spot, but I think the <laughs> – yeah, 49ers continue their Cinderella run and would beat the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Here's a, a factor you may not be putting into the equation there, Dan Beyer, is that uh, the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles. So if it's Kansas City, San Francisco, Kansas City will have home field advantage, <laughs> especially <laughs> if, the, if the 49ers just beat the Rams. <laughs> well, remember, remember, the Rams tried to put in this, this policy that wouldn't have Northern California people uh, able to buy tickets to the NFC title game because they were so mad at how many 49er fans took over the stadium the first time around. The problem is they are already here. They're like all Southern California residents anyway. When the LA doesn't have a team for so many years and you have so many transplants from Northern California, the Niners fans are already here. I think there would be a strong Niners contingent if they did end up making it to so far. Yeah, and the reason so many uh, 49ers and Bay Area people are down here now 
is because uh, even Los Angeles has cheaper home prices than San Francisco. <laughs> Sponsored by 45-hour energy drink, live big, crash hard, and handelabra, the world's fanciest doorknob. My guest today, he's funny and he actually knows facts and things like that. Fox Sports Radio's Dan Beyer. Follow him on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Dan, where can we catch more Dan Beyer? Where, where's the shows? Uh, give us the whole lowdown. Yeah, you can hear me weekdays on Fox Sports Radio, 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on the Doug Gottlieb Show and also straight out of Vegas. And then you can hear me weekends, Sunday, 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 Pacific, Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. We will be in the thick of all of the action at the latter part of the AFC Championship game on Sunday and then the beginning of the NFC Championship. Oh, nice. So we will be uh, live on the air for three hours during those games. It'll be fun. Do you take calls? Because I might have to co- – Chet Waterhouse might have to call in with <laughs> with one of his you brilliant know, we, flashes. We were about to when it was 20 20- – when it was 27 to 3 with the Rams beating Tampa <laughs> last week, but thank goodness for all of the uh, the miss uh, miss snaps and the short field goals and the penalties that have made it a show for us. Yeah, you know it's it's a, you know it's a weak game blowout if yeah. uh, if they're taking Chet Waterhouse calls. A blast having you back on the show, Dan Byer. Thank you so much for coming on. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. His album, What Was I Thinking? Streaming now everywhere. Uh, follow my producer, uh, Gary, at G. Patrick Smith on Twitter. And if you want more of me this weekend, Dan and all my fans, uh, I'll be in Cheddar Falls, Wisconsin for the qualifying rounds of the 13th Annual International Speed Fishing Championship. It's a combination of speed skating and ice fishing featuring five-man teams from over 20 nations. Sure, you can pull a walleye through the ice, but can you do it while skating at 30 miles an hour? Can Norway win its 10th championship? Japan and Latvia have something to say about that. Who will it be? Let's strap in and see. Sponsored by J.C. Penny, dressing homicide detectives for over 60 years. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.